I speak tonight for the dignity of man. Fabulous, beautiful Tempe Center for the Arts. How you guys doing out there? Everybody doing okay? Come on. Awesome. It's beautiful. Um, you are in for a treat this evening, in for a really wonderful treat. Uh, Christopher Royer will be headlining along with some of the valleys and the, the country's most fabulous comedians. And on your seats and your tables, you'll see some white pieces of paper. They ask for uh, your email address and some other uh, pertinent information. Please, fill those out. You could win a wonderful, wonderful prize package. Almost the, almost the cost of a Buick. Uh, you, could, you could do that. If not, at least you'll get some spam for life or something like that. But fill those out. Leave those on your table. And um, we could definitely uh, uh, take care of that. Are you guys ready to have a, a, a wonderful time? Can I hear it from you? Awesome. We have two rules. Two rules here. Have as much fun as humanly possible. And to keep the side talk down to absolute minimum, if you could, please. If you need to talk, you can also go outside. That would be great. Um, but to no further ado, please put your hands together for the host of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Simpson. Let's hear from Mike Simpson. Come on. How you guys doing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I like his response. There it was. Did you catch it? Woo! What the hell kind of response is that, sir? I asked how you're doing. This lady said good. That lady said good. This man? Woo! <laughs> Can you, you did it too? All right. Can you imagine that? You go to the hospital. They're like, ma'am, how you feeling today? Woo! They're like, all right. Get you a brain surgeon or a high priest. Not sure which. Uh, what happened over here? Did you guys get voted off? What happened? <laughs> Kind of all by yourselves. She said, let's just sit like four rows back. They maybe won't see us. I like this. It's the saddest thing ever. Front and center, VIP reserved. No one there. You you want to move over there? I, I don't I don't have the authority. That's the thing. I can't tell you. I don't know. It could be the president. I don't know who's supposed to sit there. It's reserved. They're just not here yet. Uh I'll tell you what, uh, beautiful view, both that way and this way. You got some good looking people here tonight, good looking ladies. Wow, gentlemen, uh, <laughs> our species is doomed. I, you're sitting right next to her. She has the boots that say naughty things. Like, you know, you see those boots, you know there's something going on. And he's like, is she beautiful? I don't know. Are you guys dating? Yeah, now you're going to put your arm around me. You see how he's like, oh, crap. You're wearing a free, oh, free high fives, not free hugs, clearly, because you're keeping those in tight. Uh, it's cool. You guys are very confusing with how you're seated tonight. Like, there's just sporadic. This is like the Nebraska of comedy shows. You guys are just like, there's a lot of us in Omaha, but the rest of us on the Western Front, and you'd have to go to Nebraska, and unfortunately, I've been there. Uh... 
Tell you a bit about myself. Uh, my name is Mike Simpson. Got it right. Uh, I actually just celebrated my three-year wedding anniversary. I know. I look for the people that aren't clapping. You know what I mean? Like, there was a fight before the show. It's going to be a real awkward car ride home. I know, three years, not that big of a deal. I, I get it. But, uh, you know, she puts up with me and my baggage. Like, we've all got baggage. I'm out telling fart jokes to find people in Tempe all hours of the night. Uh, she's got kids. It's not a deal breaker, is it, sir? No, he seems like, no. He didn't really say no. He's sort of sniffed the air with a, a head shake. You're right, it's not, it's not, it wouldn't be a deal breaker. Well, like, you know, like a kid or two, right? I said she had a couple kids. That was inaccurate. Just two is a couple. Uh, three is a few. No! That's all I can. He didn't even let me get one more number. He said, no. What the hell is four, ma'am? Four. Yeah, I know it's four. I got it. It is a lot, right? That was actually pretty nice. You were delicate with it. I had a lady one time from the back of the room. I asked, how much is four? And she goes, I heard! <laughs> It's like, Mom, get back in the car. Like, you got to go. Enough of this, man. Uh, it's hard, though, with four kids. Like, I walked into four stepkids. My wife, she's kind of, I know, right? I'm probably insane. Uh, she wants to do things quite often to keep it kind of, like, spicy, do cool stuff. So for our anniversary, she got something called Brazilian. I'm looking for guilt in the crowd. <laughs> This girl over here just shrugged her head like, yeah, big deal. I can do it. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like a new pool boy. Uh, this is, <laughs> that sounds good. Well, that's confusing. Uh, that's for ladies that no longer want to trim the front hedges. They just say, to hell with it. We're in a desert. Let's xeriscape it, baby. And they rip it out. That is crazy. What are you thinking? To put in like a decorative rock or a cactus? <laughs> which is coincidental because that's exactly what it felt like a week later. <laughs> but before it did, man, that defied the laws of physics. I don't know if you gentlemen have ever experienced this or not. Like, it was, there was nothing down. It was just smooth. It was like velvety and wet at the same time. It was like the Stingray exhibit at SeaWorld, you know? <laughs> And finally, the people at SeaWorld were like, sir, you need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Put your pants back on for crying out loud. It's bad. She's cool. I don't know if you folks can tell from the side. I'm just letting myself go in a bad way. Uh, I don't smoke pot. I never have. But I eat like it every day. <laughs> I have a real problem. Like, donuts and pizza are meant to be a combined effort, in my opinion. Uh... I had blood drawn for insurance. I wish this was a joke a year ago. And your your uh, glucose or whatever levels are not supposed to be above 150. If they're above anything above that's bad. Mine were 760. Like I'm an overachiever. You know what I mean? I was going for it. Uh, so my wife's been kind of worried about me. She wants me to live longer, be there for the long haul. That's what she tells me. I don't think that's true. Uh, she saw my dad recently without his shirt on. I think she's just trying to stop something before it starts, you know what I mean? It's a Marty McFly type situation, ma'am. Uh, that's what I think is going on. She's been trying to get me to eat better, but one day a week I get a cheat day. My cheat restaurant, my restaurant of choice, little restaurant called McDonald's. You guys like that place? 
course, I hear the ju- No. You hear the judgment? No. When you were six, you were like, yeah! When you were kicking the door in, because you knew there was an ice cream cone, a toy, some crispy fries, and you didn't even taste those because you were going in the play place, man. Like, you didn't give a crap. Uh, I'm still that human being, okay? I'm still, like, I grew up in a really small town. Uh, we got our first fast food restaurant, McDonald's, when I was nine. Yeah, they threw a parade. The mayor came out. He was like an honorary Mayor McCheese for one day. It was great. Incredible, right? So I love McDonald's. I love McDonald's. And I'm sitting there. Uh, but we made a mistake. We went with my wife's vegan friend. You guys know what vegans are? Any? Oh, yeah. Are you vegan? Okay, good. You said that earlier. You're like, oh. Our son. Your son is vegan, so you know. Do you see the disappointment, though? He's like, our son. He didn't even want to admit it. Didn't even want it. He's like, I know a guy. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. I could never do it. The idea, the, the thing is with vegans, vegans don't eat any meat or any meat byproduct whatsoever. No milk, no cheese, no eggs, no fun. It is so sad, man. Laid back there, so sad. I'm like, thank you. I hear everything, by the way. You guys won't be able to sneak anything by me. Uh, their idea, a vegan's idea, tell me if I'm wrong, sir, of a well-balanced meal is like tree bark, uh, grass clippings, and like seashells. Just throw it in a ninja blender, suck that down, right? He's always wanting your mulch, you know what I mean? You mow the lawn, he's like, can I have that, Dad? Uh, it's horrible. Lots of beans. Is this a fart reference, man? Take it easy. Uh, so I, I see that cheeseburger, right? exact same cheeseburger out on a dresser for like two years and it never decomposed. That's, I don't know if that's actually how she sounded, but it sounded that way to me. Stopped. Holy hell. I set the burger back down. I started thinking about it. started thinking about my life. Looked right back at her and I said, you know, I've also seen a show called My Strange Addiction. In that show, there's a lady that's been eating dryer sheets for like seven goddamn years. She's doing just fine. Every time she rips one, it just smells like fresh rain. We leave a window open? This is a... Rain wasn't even in the forecast. Like, what happened? It's amazing. You guys are all right. First row reserve, you showed up. We're going to figure out what's going on with the VIP. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was somebody like big time walked in and went, George Clooney knows Christopher Roy early. <laughs> I'm counting on it. Put your arm back around it. You're embarrassing. All right, look at her. She's so embarrassed. There you go. She, your bro? Like, you just got done playing three on three? He's like, what's up, girl? I'm sorry. Uh, 
We'll talk later, man. Uh, I'm going to bring up, we've got a real special guest who's, who's coming up and doing some time for you tonight. Uh, you guys, I need you to make him feel very welcome. Put your hands together for Steve Jenkins. <laughs>
We had uh, what Power Rangers and uh, was the RoboCop. Those are the heroes that we looked at when we get up, go to school. You know, you got to get a little peek in. Yeah, they didn't change. See, my mentor was James Brown. Like, yeah, everybody loves James Brown. Get up and go to school. Yeah, get on the good foot. Da, 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 you know the song. Uh, the other day, my son. Well, we're still on first name basis. <laughs> Wait no more. He give me a call. <laughs> but anyway, he got up to go to school, and uh, he was listening to some music, and he's listening to that trap music. I'm getting high with my baby, 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 baby. I'm making pies with my baby, baby, baby. Didn't make sense to me. Then he. He put on another song, I can't feel my face, but I love you. <laughs> Sound like he was in an abusive relationship. <laughs> well, that's about my time, but I'm gonna let you know all bootleg movies are real. Be careful when you get a bootleg movie. Uh, when you get a bootleg movie from us from Chicago, you'll see three black people walking at the bottom. We call those movie extras. <laughs> I bought a bootleg movie from a guy out here and he named my favorite movie, Barbershop 3. I couldn't believe it. I said, you got Barbershop 3? I bought the movie, put it in my DVD player. It was a videotape of two black guys watching Barbershop 2. <laughs> Thank you, that's my time. One more time for Steve Jenkins. Although I gotta say, he said, he loved James Brown, and you guys were just like, woo. That was not a James Brown response. You should have been like, hey! You should have just let it out, man. I know you've got it. You've got it, sir. Where the hell were you guys? My voice broke because I'm still recovering. It sounded like I was prepubescent. Hey! It's very strange. Uh, Grace, ready to keep things rolling or what? Hey, that's all right. We're. I hope you guys are more enthusiastic in your personal lives because, jeez, please. <laughs> Honey, it's great. It's. <laughs> I need you guys to help me welcome this next man on stage. He's a very talented local comedian. Put your hands together for Bob Rocky! <laughs> hi, hi, everybody. Hi. I am so out of shape. I'm just so, I'm out of breath just from walking those steps. That's cardio for me. I know, it doesn't look like it, does it? Doesn't look like it, taking care of myself. Ah! I was backstage, uh, we were talking with the other comics uh, uh, about movies, about great movies. And uh, sports movies were re are really dear to me. They actually, like the, the great genre of like uh, Rocky. Rocky is an awesome, awesome trilogy. I think there's like 900 Rockies out. But each one, they never give up. This is my hooker pose right here. And uh, movies like Rocky, movies like Rudy. Remember Rudy? Yeah, I cried over that little fella. Little fella never gave up. He never gave up. Rudy! And little fella on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian's song. How about that? Uh, who, yeah, I know, who didn't cry during Brian's song? Blubbering like a little girl. <laughs> One of the greatest sports movies of all time, Deep Throat. And, <laughs> get choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Deep Throat, 
I uh, grew up on Van Buren. <laughs> Family area, grew up there, where the men were men and so were the women. And uh, it's an awesome place, an awesome place to grow up, Van Buren. It's, uh, I got some friends of mine that are still over off of Van Buren, at La Quinta and uh, T-Bone. <laughs> They're now school teachers. But uh, the, the thing to do about, uh, uh, I'm a native. I'm a native of Arizona, Phoenix, of the inner city. I don't know, do we have, by round of applause, how many natives do we have? Uh, born and raised. Okay. The only thing that means, the only thing that means is that I know what a Latmo bag is. And I know where the real hookers are. Hooker pose. But, uh, <laughs> it, 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 just, it happens that way. I can't, I, I don't choose it. And I like the boots as well. I really do. Um, I, I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my hand because my memory goes, we're, the, the other comments were talking about memory. Uh, and and it, just, it just goes with age along with, I was crossing my legs having coffee the other day. Knee just froze up. The knee froze up. It was crazy. Um, that comes with age too. I guess it does with my wonderful physical fitness. But, um, I relied on my great ideas growing up. And I'll just share a couple of really, really good ideas that, that happened to me. I had a great idea that I followed through with. That was to join the Navy to quit drinking. <laughs> Didn't quite work. I mean, it worked. I quit drinking, but I ended up on a ship. And three days after I'm on the ship, I am smoking crack cocaine in a uh, paint locker naked. It's not a great way to meet your divisional officer like that, to make a good impression. Um, they asked me to leave real quickly. They asked me to leave the Navy uh, as well as I should have. And it's really difficult to trade and sell everything on an aircraft carrier for crack. You can figure that out, I'm sure. Another great idea I had? robbing a bank with a hooker. Followed through with that. Most would use a gun. I know, I know, but hookers go off too. Now, the thing about that is, it's all true. And the thing is, I, I did my time. You know, I did my time. Don't be afraid, believe me. If your cars are uh, anything worth it, I don't steal cars. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, a auto thief. But while in prison, there's a lot of things you can do to bide your time. You can, you can take classes and stuff. I took a crafting class, okay? And I was taking a crafting class in, in craft. We, we found these, this box of tampons. And so we're wondering, what the hell can I do with these tampons? I'm in creativity, because that's me, Mr. Idea. And I thought, you know what? I could make darts, but now nah, they just wouldn't stick or anything like that. So here it goes. I made a bunch of real quiet wind chimes. It was just, <laughs> it just and it worked. It worked. <laughs> so. When I get stopped by the cops nowadays, it can usually, uh, it can go one of two ways, but it usually goes, uh, turns into an episode of Cops. <laughs> and that turns into an episode of Lockdown. And that turns into an episode of Survivor. And that turns into an episode of Naked and Afraid. It's just, it's, all, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, I appreciate it. That's going to be my time, ladies and gentlemen. You can come out here to Tempe Center for the Arts at all time, but please, please, thank you very much. That's going to be my time. Thank you! Thank you!
fully appreciated the visual of robbing a bank with a hooker. <laughs> was she standing beside, was he holding her? Was she, he's like, give me all your money. And she's like, just do what he says. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That, or she just was like, ah. And they're like, okay, okay, here's the money. Uh, we are talking about Van Buren hookers. You guys are definitely from Gilbert. That went completely over your heads. <laughs> completely. I work in downtown Phoenix. I've seen the dude with pop bottle tops in his hair. Like, I know <laughs> what he's talking about. You guys don't make it beyond Tempe Center for the Arts very often. Uh, that's a good thing, though. It's safe. It's a good choice. Uh, I'm going to bring up this next gentleman. He is a, he's a local favorite. You've probably seen him around town. He, he does. He runs rooms. He performs in rooms. Put your hands together for Steve Merrick. It's so weird to bring up comedians to the blues. I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the ironic juxtaposition of that one is. Um, I've never heard of me either, so there's that. I get it. Uh, and I want to apologize immediately for this table here because my parents were supposed to show up. It's, again, like the blues music, just a replaying of my entire life. So I've been, uh, been having a lot of interesting things lately. I uh, just recently found out that I have high blood pressure and hypertension, which came as no surprise, really, because I was raised in a family whose entire emotional creed was, CALM DOWN! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not really a good way to, to uh, harbor your emotions. And I, they told me I need to eat better. And to me, personally, eating better is getting broccoli beef at Panda Express. That's... <laughs> because I genuinely believe in the healing power of Panda Express. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, if you got a cold, Orange chicken's gonna kill that motherfucker. <laughs> I firmly believe that. And so now I find myself, I eat at the gas station a lot because I'm a responsible 36-year-old. <clears throat> I find myself comparing the nutritional facts on the back of Hostess. <laughs> well, the chocolate aisles have less sodium in them, but there's two servings in that pack. And the zingers, they have more sodium, but there's three cakes in there, and that's one serving. We're going with the zingers, because that's, that's eating healthy. And uh, so I walk up to the cashier, I hand him uh, the zingers and $2, and he looks at me like I'm some kind of asshole, because I'm the only guy he's ever seen in a gas station check nutritional facts. And he pushes a button, a mach machine spits out change, and he kind of, you know, pushes the cakes back across the counter, and I realize this is what a vending machine does. That's what vending machines are for. You put in $2, it spits out your change, gives you your shit, and you walk away. It's time for Redbox to start taking over 7-Eleven, is what I'm saying. We need to embrace vending machine technology so we don't have to worry about people that just barely graduated high school and have some sort of meth addiction judging us on our culinary choices at a fucking gas station. There's only two people that should work at a gas station. One person to take care of the pumps, and the other person to flip the hot dogs. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a sports person. Um, there is one sport I do play, though. It's called competitive self-checkout at Walmart. <laughs> Here's what you do. You get your grocery list, and you try and make it through that obstacle course of random kids and fat people, and try and make it back up to the front before you get type 2 diabetes. <laughs> My high score is 45 seconds, and here's how I did it. I walked in there looking for a foreman grill because I'm single and I don't own an iron. <laughs> I 
walk in, and whose smiling face is right up front there? Mr. George Foreman. Grab that son of a bitch, make a U-turn to the self-checkout, swipe it, swipe the card. 45 seconds! Spike it on the ground. <laughs> and then spend the next three hours in uh, customer service, because that's the victory lap at Walmart every time. <laughs> I start to understand sports, though, as I watch, as I get older. And mainly it happened through watching Chopped on Netflix. If you're not familiar, Chopped is a competitive cooking show where four chefs go head-to-head for $10,000. Four chefs go head-to-head for $10,000. There's only one person that wins, and the other people lose, and they walk home. Their mom's not there to give them a congratulatory hug. They don't make some sort of, they don't get like a trophy that says participation. They fucking lose and leave. Do we remember that happened when someone actually lost? No, we all have kids that were born in this decade. Okay, um, there was a, t- never mind. Um, basically the point of the show is the, the, uh, the chefs, they get a basket full of ingredients that nobody has ever thought to put together for a meal at all. And I play that same home edition every night at my house. It's called Let's Make Dinner. Go, I've got a half a frozen pizza, a can of potatoes, and an associate's degree in art. Bon appetit. I, uh, I live in a primarily snowbird community, which means that my neighbors uh, come here during this type of year and then leave to go back to where they came from during the summer. And this past time, my neighbors who uh, they vacation or they, they live in Switzerland <laughs> during the summer, they go, Steve, if we don't see you next year, have a good life. <laughs> have a good life. How? I have fruit flies in my apartment. I've lived there for five fucking years. Fruit has never set foot in that place. <laughs> if there was some sort of beetle that lived off of Wendy's and self-loathing, my apartment would be eaten. My, uh, I clean my car with a roll of duct tape. Do you understand where I'm at? My 401k is in forever stamps right now. 401 forever stamps. Planning for the future. That's uh, I, uh, I work in a warehouse because I spent eight years in community college, and that's pretty much where you end up. Um, they're like, you've been here eight years. Here's your diploma and a tape gun. Good luck. It's either that or work at a gas station. Your choice. But I used to work at Guitar Center, and it was a really interesting study in people because you got to watch something very interesting. You got to watch a 40-year-old guy in a cover band sell a guitar to a 13-year-old kid who will then grow up to be a 40-year-old guy in a cover band. <laughs> and that's the circle of life. <laughs> but working there, it was very interesting. It was like Lord of the Flies, but with musicians. And whoever sold the most guitars was the one who had the conch, you know. And uh, if you've got a drug problem, well, guess what? Guitar Center, no drug testing at all. You can continue that meth addict that you want, and then here's ten thousand dollars in pro audio equipment. Be responsible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm single. If that's not completely obvious by everything I've just said to this point, <laughs> try and ask my friends for dating advice. They're like, Steve, you can pick up women at the grocery store. You can use items from your shopping cart to spark up a conversation with a young lady. Yeah, I should grocery shop at Walmart. I don't want that as our origin story. 
And second of all, how does that conversation work? Excuse me, madam, do you know the best type of wine that perfectly pairs with a Totino's party pizza? <laughs> or tell madam, would you have one of the best herbs and spices that perfectly complement dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets? <laughs> because my body's not a temple so much as Section 8 housing for dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. <laughs> My favorite part of that is I told that joke and a lady came up to me after the show, I guess hoping to get my number and said, you know what pairs well with a Totino's party pizza? <laughs> no, I don't. Boone's Farm. <laughs> Got me on that one. Alabama toilet wine, yes sir. Because <laughs> when I want to have that level of pizza, I want depression right along with it. Because the only thing that really pairs well at Boom's Farm is a warm bath and a razor blade. <laughs> Trust me, when you're eating a Totino's by yourself, it's not really the life that you're supposed to. That's not what your parents dream for you, you know? They're like, you know, we hope he grows up to be a lawyer, but thankfully at some point in his life, he's going to know what a 98 cent pizza from fries tastes like. <laughs> Uh, I try and do the online dating, which is a lot of fun. Once a week, a website sends me a list of the five ugliest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because OKCupid's okay, slogan is where beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> and one time, a guy. That's a guy. I, the picture's only a bit big. That's a guy. I've got to click on that now and find out what's going on there. Click first line of the profile. I'm a transgender mother of two. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's the worst short story I have ever read. <laughs> that milkshake will not make the boys come to the yard. And by the way, there was a trade-off I was willing to make, but you negated it with kids. <laughs> Takes a second on that one. And you can judge all you like, but it was a 92% match. I don't even have that with my dog, so... <laughs> Just to continue with the, the shenanigans, I did speed dating on the request of a friend. Not so much that I would actually meet someone, but because I need more material for on stage. And uh, if you're not familiar, speed dating is 13 guys like me who have all failed at online dating. And 13 women who have all been kicked out of their house by their cats. And what we're here to do is to create the worst trailer for the worst romantic comedy you've ever seen. Yeah, I'm Steve, I'm 36 years old, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, and I have a warehouse job that I've kept for the last 11 years. Yeah, I'm Amanda, I'm a librarian, and I haven't had a sexual thought in two decades. Moving on. My favorite part of it was is that as a jumping-off point, we were supposed to bring a book with us, you know, and I learned about a genre of book that I never knew existed. Uh, and maybe some of you uh, are, are fans of this, and I'm not judging you based on it, but I was just fascinated by it. And the, the genre is knitting mysteries. <laughs> like if you took John Grisham and yarn <laughs> and wrote a book about it. You know, and they had titles like The Macrame Massacre <laughs> or The Doily Defiler. And that one was interesting because the doily defiler <laughs> would violate women and as his calling card leave a doily. And then lucky you, in the back of that book is a pattern so you can make that doily yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was amazed. I was fascinated. You can't make you can't write stuff that good. It's just absolutely fascinating. Um, 
But I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, ladies, I will agree with you that Barbie is an unrealistic expectation of body type. If you will agree with me that romantic comedies are an unrealistic expectation of romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to bridge the gap, you know? And, and here, here's my philosophy, basically, is Ryan Reynolds, he's not coming to fuck you. <laughs> Steve Merrick, he is. <laughs> I'm Steve Merrick, enjoy the rest of your day. shows all over town. Uh, very glad to have her here tonight. Please put your hands together for Aaron Onko! God, I love intros like that. She's a lady, guys. <laughs> we got a girl. We finally got a girl on stage. And she's not going to take her clothes off or anything. Yes! <laughs>
they, they tell me a lot of really helpful things like uh, quit hanging out with so many gay guys, maybe you'd actually get a date. <laughs> but I don't like to listen to stuff like that. And un unfortunately, all of my really close girlfriends don't live here in town. Uh, they live back in Pennsylvania where I'm from. And all my girlfriends are counselors to really small children. And they take that work home with them because when I go out on a date, the first detail that they ask me is, did he touch you where you pee? <laughs> yeah, that's really kind of kind of takes you off off your guard there when you ask something like that. So uh, to make everybody happy, I tried uh, ChristianMingle.com, and their slogan is "Find God's perfect match." As if God has nothing better to do than to sit through online profiles and <laughs> find me a date. You know, cure world hunger, maybe Ebola, or Aaron sitting at home on a Friday night watching Netflix. <laughs> and oddly enough, I'm not the easier choice. <laughs> so like I said, I, I am from Pennsylvania, and oddly enough from the, uh, pretty much the same town as your headliner. Uh, we lived very close to each other. And I go back every year for Christmas because, you know, it, it's a great time of year, and I believe in, my, in family and guilt. And so I go back there, and I, I, I feel like every year when I go back, I have to go face all the older relatives, all the aunts and uncles and everybody, mostly the aunts that are in their 80s, and trying to figure out why the fuck I'm still single. And they tell me every year that I'm the bane of their existence. So, yeah, I have to face things like, uh, I feel like it's a tribunal, really, that I'm going back and applying for the right to still stay single, because I'm, I'm happy with it. So I feel like I go back there, and I have this application I have to fill out as soon as I come back into town. And they review the application, and they say, okay, well, uh, you joined a gym, so we'll give you some points there. Good job, good job. Uh, went on, went on uh, online dating, okay, yeah, you're trying. We'll, we'll give you some points for that. Uh, uh, oh, Aaron, what's that? What's that, your cousins are all? They're all heavier than you? All right, well, uh, yeah, we'll give you some extra points on the gym, but uh, yeah, they're all married and you're not, so you don't get anything there. You know what, uh, why don't you just actually take this application, try to take about 20 pounds off your ass, we'll see you next year, and we'll review your application again. So that's kind of how I feel when I go home. And uh, when I go home, I come from a really small, economically depressed, uh, shithole of a town, and <laughs> I tell people that I work with or friends about what type of an area that I came from and where I'm going back to, and I have friends that uh, have lived in areas like Detroit who tell me that I'm lying because nothing can be that poor and pathetic. So uh, <laughs> I go back, and uh, my, my family likes uh, they have cable, unlike me, and they're watching things like the Food Network. And I saw this one show while I was home. It was a cooking show. And this woman was talking about how she will uh, whip up a, an elaborate meal out of everything in her refrigerator, just whatever she has lying around for her family. And I thought, wow, that's great. I'd really like to do something like that. And I do a quick mail inventory of what I have in my refrigerator and all I'm really whipping up is something like botulism, so <laughs> it's not the same thing. 
And Trisha Yearwood has a show on one of these, The Country Singer, and she, uh, her introduction on her show is her saying that, in my circle of friends, I'm better known for my pot pie than my music. And I thought, oh, come on. You're, you're, I, I don't buy any of this at all. Uh, you're a Grammy award-winning artist, and you want me to believe that your pot pie compares. But, you know, she's got a cooking show, and I don't, so maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, my friend saying I should probably hang out with a few less gay guys. Uh, <laughs> this is a nice show. I usually spend a lot of time in bars doing open mics and shows like that. And we do a lot of shows at gay bars. And I don't have the gay, I just support it. And <laughs> I go and I, I go with my best friend. He's 22 and he's still trying to kind of figure out his way in life and how bright he wants his flame to burn, and he told me once that maybe he, uh, maybe he was missing something by never dating women. Maybe he would like to give it a try. And since we were close and everything, he said, you know, I'd, I'd never slept with a woman before, Aaron, I'd, I'd like you to be my first. You know, that's kind of flattering, and every girl wishes she had the magic vagina to turn a guy another way, but I, I thought about it for a little bit, and then I thought, uh, now, now I don't think I want that kind of responsibility, you know. I don't want to be your representation of a naked woman in your head. <laughs> I don't want questions like, is that what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> you know? And I sure as hell don't want to be around for the conversation we have in the next couple days where you tell me, nope, guys are for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, we're really good friends. We used to work together, and when we worked together, uh, we uh, people thought at our job that we were a couple, and they always thought, but something's a little off because, you know, does she know he's gay? So, <laughs> so we played with it a little bit. You know, he would call me darling and sweetheart, and he would pretend like we were married, and it was kind of fun for us. And we had a lot of coworkers who had children, and they were always talking about what their kids were doing. So one day he decided that we had a child. He made up an imaginary child, and I just went along with it. It was kind of fun. Uh, he, uh, he would go on and on about different things the child would do, and our coworkers would kind of listen to it and not really know if we were telling the truth or not. And one day we got into an argument in the cafeteria at work. He came in and started yelling at me about how I wasn't allowing our son, who doesn't exist, to take peewee football. So I countered the argument by talking about how I thought he would be better suited for theater. And it went on and on. And it was a much better performance than I'm even giving right now. So we decided one time that let's take the joke a bit further. You know, wouldn't it be funny if we had a kid that we could really uh, post pictures of or drawings or letters from? So we went on one of those Christian Children Network sites where you can adopt a kid for 30 cents a day. Yeah. Did this sober, by the way, people. And <laughs> we went on there and we were picking out a child that we wanted to adopt. And we had a name figured out for him and kept, the, kept things going. But uh, we were sitting there one day looking for a kid that we wanted. Uh, his, his boyfriend was Indian, so we decided we wanted an Indian kid to go along with our joke. And we wanted one, I wanted one that was kind of lighter skin, you know, a little bit more like my coffee color. 
Uh, we both decided we didn't want a darker one because that's gross. So we were sitting there looking at all these kids on there and we had a couple pictures printed out and we would talk about our child. And finally we decided that we couldn't keep the joke going forever. You know, sooner or later it would get old, sooner or later we would have to have this kid actually show up at work or something. So the good thing about these sites though is that you can pick out a kid that has AIDS. So once you get a little tired of it, you know, by the time it runs its course, he's already dead. So it works out well, at least we thought. But in the end, we ended up not wanting to spend that kind of money just to do something that sick and twisted. But we do still talk about the kid online, and uh, we do still talk about him like he's real. And my, uh, we, if the joke all finally came to an end because my friend's boyfriend is a doctor, and he came to us one day and he said, if you two don't stop doing this, I'm going to go to the hospital and tell them that you have an undocumented child, and that child died. And you, and you didn't report it. And CPS is going to investigate you, and they're going to ask all your coworkers, and people are going to vouch for the fact that this kid was real. And you're all going to jail, and now knock it off. So that was the end of uh, that was my uh, the end of my adventure in parenting. All right, you guys have been great. I'm Erin Onko. you saw in a line, you still wouldn't choose Aaron to watch your kids tonight. Like, you guys are like, no. No. They're going with Steve tonight. Steve's got pizzas. You know? Think like a parent now. You see how that worked out? You guys doing okay? Do we need a potty break? You guys right? Because you can't go. Uh, Gotta wait till the end of the journey. Uh, I'm going to bring up our next comedian. This gentleman, uh, he's been a former headliner here. He headlined spots all around town. We're real pleased to have him here tonight. Please put your hands together for Jim Bambro! So a while ago I got this haircut. Recently I got these glasses. I think I'm slowly morphing into a lesbian. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at that. Um, so I'm getting older, and uh, recently I was interested in trying Viagra for the first time. But uh, you need a prescription to try Viagra. So I went in and I asked the guy, I said, Hey, I'm interested to try Viagra. Could you please write me a prescription? And he said, Mr. Bambro, I don't think that would be appropriate. And when I asked why, he said, well, first of all, I am your dentist. <laughs> Secondly, you currently have a boner. <laughs> Please put your pants back on. So I have a message for all of you people, uh, mainly the women out here. Uh, my message to you is stop putting clothes on your dog. <laughs> Knock it off. Dogs don't want to wear clothes. Trust me, no dog has ever stopped and thought to himself, hey, you know what I could really go for? A sweater. 
You know, I'm feeling kind of fat. I think I'm gonna go throw some spanks on before we head out tonight. You know? you know, one time I came home from work and my dog is wearing an Affliction shirt. Affliction. I'm pretty sure it was not his choice. I think my wife might have something to do with it. My poor dog, he gave me this look like, I'm a dog, and even I recognize that this shirt's bullshit. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish that my dog could talk so I would know what he's thinking about. Um, although I'm pretty sure I know what he would say. Stop masturbating in front of me. <laughs> and where are my testicles? <laughs> oh, and another thing. My dog food tastes like ass. <laughs> and you know that I know what I'm talking about because you have seen me sample my own ass. <laughs> I, uh, I graduated from DeVry because uh, I had a Groupon. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I studied computer science, but I think I might as well have studied uh, clearing your internet history because apparently that's the only thing that anybody gives a shit about. <laughs> Like, nobody ever calls me and was like, hey, Jim, hey, listen, um, hey, do you know anything about advanced sorting algorithms? But this is the phone call I get time and time again. Oh, hey, Jim, uh, I got a bit of a situation over here. Um, every time I fire up my computer, it goes to bigblackbooties.com. I don't know what's going on here, man. You know, I was just surfing the internet, minding my own business. Probably clicked on an ad or something, I don't know. But seriously, chop chop, my wife's almost back, all right, dude? <laughs> you know, admitting that you went to DeVry is kind of like admitting that like you made out with your cousin. Like, the reaction is essentially the same. It's like, hey dude, did you just graduate from DeVry? Yeah, man, I did. But come on, you gotta admit, DeVry was looking good. Plus, I was drunk. And I had a Groupon. So, you know, nobody ever breaks about going to DeVry. You ever notice that? You know, you never see like, you never see like in a crowded room, there's like something going on, a guy laying down on the ground, the dude splits through the crowd, it's like, make way, I got this. I went to DeVry. <laughs> now it'd probably be somewhere like, hey, oh, what's going on here? Holy crap, I went to DeVry, so maybe we should call somebody. <laughs> I was curious, so just for kicks one time, I googled famous DeVry graduates, zero results. I think the most famous DeVry graduates are the ones that come back and do the commercials. Those commercials are money. I love those, man. It's like, I'm really glad I went to DeVry because now I don't have to change tires at Discount Tire anymore. Oh, awesome. Where do you work now? Midas. <laughs> hey, have you guys ever been to a dry wedding? Yeah, exactly. Well, for the rest of you, in case you are not familiar, a dry wedding is a special type of wedding where people do not attend. <laughs> because there will be no alcohol served. What the hell is the point of a wedding with no liquor? A wedding with no alcohol is pretty much just going to church. That sucks. Hell, even at regular church, they serve wine. Jesus wants you to have a good time. Now, I went to a dry wedding a couple years ago for my brother, and honest to God, 
I sat at the same table as my sweet little 83-year-old grandmother, and she snuck in her own flask of booze. <laughs> she busted that thing out. I was like, Grandma, what's up with that? Is what she says to me. I'll be damned if I'm going to chicken dance over. <laughs> Fuck that noise, Jimmy. So I lived here now in Phoenix for over 20 years. But prior to that, um, I used to live in the Midwest. And uh, people from the Midwest are really different because they're um, uh, nice. <laughs> and they give a shit about others. Like 20 years ago when I first moved here, like if I saw a guy with his car broken down on the side of the road, like I would stop and I would help him because that's what you do. Probably sounds something like this. Oh, geez, what you got there? Flat tire? Oh, boy, that's quite a pickle, eh? Tell you what, I'll roll up my sleeves. We'll fix this thing. Um, I'm running late for work, and I, I might get fired, but it'll be worth it. We'll get you back up and running. What do you say, fella? By the way, 20 years of Phoenix traffic will knock the Midwest right out of you. Like that same exact scenario today, like, I'm driving on the 101 on the way to work, car broken down on the side of the road, traffic backed up, it probably sounds something more like this. Oh, jeez, look at this asshole. <laughs> I swear to God, if I'm late, I'm gonna double back, I'm gonna find this cocksucker, I'm gonna put a foot up his ass. <laughs> Get a real car, dick. <laughs> Go back to the Midwest, fucking hayseed. <laughs> Yeah, good luck to me not being an alcoholic. <laughs> I grew up in a state where the motto is, I don't care if you're nine years old, finish your beer. <laughs> don't be a bitch, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, Grandma. <laughs> I was the first Cub Scout to ever earn the nicotine patch. <laughs> At our Little League games, we didn't get juice boxes and cookies. No, sir. Uh-uh. No. We got Pabst and Browwurst. That's called the Wisconsin Lunchable. Our high school valedictorian was a 4-0. 0.40 blood alcohol level. Oh, I do like to drink, man. Here's the thing. I like to drink, but I don't call myself an alcoholic. That's such an ugly word, alcoholic. I prefer sobriety intolerant. <laughs> I do, man, I like it all. I like beer, wine, tequila. Hey, look, I love tequila, but here's the thing about tequila. There is no happy ending to any tequila story, am I right? <laughs> you never hear a story like, all right, so we did a few shots of tequila. One thing led to another. And that's when I became CEO of my company. <laughs> I don't think so. A more realistic story would go something more like, all right, so we did a few shots of tequila. One thing led to another. And that's when I had my sex change. <laughs> hey, tequila. You know, they have all these stupid sayings that are supposed to help keep you out of trouble when you're drinking, like, Beer before liquor, sicker quicker. Liquor before beer, never fear. I think we need some new sayings. 
or something a little more relevant by today's standards. I don't know, maybe something like meth before wine, end up on Dateline. <laughs> Ecstasy before beer, might try something queer. <laughs> beer before tequila, bang a bat chick. <laughs> Hey, you guys seem cool. I'm gonna tell you kind of an embarrassing story about myself, but you can't tell anybody else outside of this room, okay? So, I don't know if you remember uh, last year in the fall, it was really mosquito-y. I don't know if that's over, I don't give a shit. It was really, it was a lot of mosquitoes. And uh, the wife and I are down at the hot tub, uh, and I got my shirt off. Calm down, ladies. And uh, I got tore up by mosquitoes, man. I got bit up really bad, and I had a really bad allergic reaction. And uh, my wife proceeded to freak out. And she was like, oh my God, like, I'm gonna take you to the emergency room. I said, babe, it's just mosquito bites. We don't have to go to the emergency room. She said, well, yeah, but, but what if it's West Nile? I said, um, yeah, okay. Or what if it's regular ass mosquito bites? <laughs> she said, I don't care. I'm taking you to the emergency room and you know, I'm a man. Every once in a while, I got to remind her who the man is, right? Got to keep my pimp hands strong. So I was like, hey, we're not going to the emergency room for mosquito bites. I don't want to hear anything more about it, and that is it. So anyway, we're in the emergency room, right? <laughs> Sitting in the waiting room, and honest to God, it's head trauma, stab wound, Dude next to me uncontrollably vomiting into a bucket. Mosquito bites. <laughs> and after a few hours, I finally got in to see the doctor, and he was gracious enough about the whole thing, took care of me. Um, but I couldn't help but think to myself, like, what was he really thinking in the back of his mind? Like, what did he really, really want to say to me? Hmm. According to our records, you are here for mosquito bites. Okay, I think I see what's going on here. I'm gonna give you some Benadryl, and you know, I'm gonna go ahead and prescribe you two testicles. See, this is the emergency room. I think you want the CVS, that's two blocks south of here. Vagisil's in aisle six, check it out, bro. You see this MD on my name tag? This does not stand for mosquito doctor. Now get the hell out of my emergency room, you giant lesbian. Hey, you guys have been a lot of fun. My name is Jim Mando.
Do you know what those boots are called? Does anybody else know what those boots are called? I just want to be clear. Everybody take a look. What? <laughs> Fuck me boots! Yes, the late... You look like the least likely one to actually say that. She came out of it. The rest of you should be ashamed of yourselves. And he's just got free high fives on his shirt. All right. You women are confusing sometimes. Sir, has anybody ever told you you look a little bit like Ralph Nader? I, I can't help myself. I've been noticing it all night. It's been fucking me up. I'm looking at him like, you're supposed to be sitting here, sir? I don't know. the fucking table back. Uh, I get confused sometimes. Uh, I want to bring up this next gentleman. I, I feel like... I feel like I gave Aaron such a shitty intro earlier for being the only lady brave enough to deal with us assholes tonight. Uh, and this gentleman, no one told me what they wanted. So uh, this next gentleman uh, is a dude. He's black. Don't look over your shoulders because that's more fucking racist if you do that. Uh, and he owes me like five bucks. I don't know. Uh, no, super funny dude, man. You can see him. He's toured all over uh, the Southwest region. Please put your hands together for Clayton Perkins. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? How y'all doing? I'm black, as he said. In a room full of white people. That don't bother me too. I used to get nervous. I used to get nervous in a room full of white folks. But I live in Gilbert now. You ever been there? <laughs> That's the whitest neighborhood in America. I'm let you know, okay? A town so white they named it after a white man. It's like we just call it Gilbert. Fuck, it's enough of it. <laughs> I love my white neighborhood though. You can tell when you live in a white neighborhood by the yard sales. That's how you can tell us. White people, y'all sell good stuff for dirt cheap. I mean, like, I bought a speedboat, a pool table, and a drum set for $15. I was like, this is Because y'all don't mess around. Like, y'all get up early just to advertise about a yard sale. Y'all get up so early, even the roosters in the Mexican jar be like, what the fuck they doing up so damn early? Y'all put signs up on trees. Do me a favor, though. Put your address on the sign, okay? It's just a lime green sign with an arrow to say sale. And I'd be in my car like, I don't know where the hell I'm going. I'm going to follow this damn arrow. <laughs> Me and my wife had a yard set one time because our water bill was due. We was like, we need all the paper we can get. Let's just sit everything outside. And we were selling stuff we were still using. <laughs> I had a microwave for sale with a hot pocket inside there. <laughs> Dude come to my man, you know what's a hot pocket in this microwave? Well, clearly you can see it works. You want it or not, it's $15. <laughs> Shut our damn water off and you playing. <laughs> I'm the only brother in my neighborhood. Only brother. I used to walk down the street and my neighbors, they wouldn't speak to me. So to get them to speak, I had to buy a dog. Because white neighbors don't speak to black neighbors, but they speak to black dogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they break their neck when they see a dog. Hey, puppers. That's what y'all call dogs. Puppers. What's his name? Killer, bitch. That's his name. <laughs> and I made sure. I was like, I don't want to get no intimidating dog. I got like a little bitty smart. I don't want to rock wild a pit bull because I know what I'm up against. They look at me. And they like, that's a big man. I don't want him to intimidate him too much. I got what's called a Chihuahua. You ever heard of these? <laughs> it's a teacup Chihuahua mixed with a miniature Chihuahua. It look like a two liter bottle with nuts. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's so small, I don't even walk him. I just put him on my, on my shoulder like he a parakeet. <laughs> he got it good, but not as good as my neighbor's dog. Cause I take him for a walk and he do stuff like eat the other dogs in the neighborhood shit. I know. The first time I seen him do it, I was like, come on, man, that's nasty. He was like, man, damn, you were staking this. 
You don't feed me no damn steak. I feed my dog Biddleful. You ever heard of this? The cheapest dog food on the market, okay? Driest dog food ever. Like you open a bag and dust come flying out. Even the dog on the bag, like he said. <laughs> don't feed your dog this. <laughs> I'm at a milestone in my life, man. I just recently turned 35 years old, and I'm very thankful about that. Very thankful. And I know 35 is not really old, okay? But you put your life in perspective of where your parents were when you were a certain age. Like, when I was 17, my father was 35, and that was the year I looked at him and thought, he old as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I had teenage parents. My father was 17. My mother was 16. You hear that story now, you're like, ah, whatever, no big deal. But they put it on TV. They got these shows called 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom. You ever seen these? I think pretty soon they have a show called 15 and Fucking. <laughs> and I watch it. I swear to God, I watch it. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I, I feel good, man. Where I'm from, having teenage parents, I was told either you're going to end up dead or you're going to end up in jail, and I'm not dead yet. And I'm thankful about that, at least. Mm -hmm. The jail wasn't that bad. I mean, they failed us. <laughs> I got exercise. My father was 17 with, with kids. Can you imagine being, I'm 35, I don't have the patience. 17, there's no patience. You know, he just said what was completely on his mind. And I'm pretty sure he resented me, because he told me one time, he was like, you know, when you came, we wasn't prepared. We didn't expect you, but you came here. So we had to deal with it. You know, I didn't even know what I was going to name you until you came. Your brother, I knew he was coming, but you, we didn't have a clue. And me and my brother is twins. That's what's what I'm about. <laughs> 30, 35 is like that age to me. Like, if anybody would you agree with me, 35 is the age where it feels like your check engine light has come on on your body. Is that just me? Like, I need a new serpentine belt. My shocks and struts is gone. Like, I got real bad knees, okay? Sometimes I wake up and get out of bed and my knees be like, you know what, go on here. We're gonna be right here when you get back. <laughs> we ain't going no damn way. You don't realize how important your knees are until it's time to use them. My homeboy called me the other week, like, man, you wanna go play some ball? Man, I ain't even got my damn knees today, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to lose weight, man. I'm trying to, man. But I messed around and married a Mexican woman. You can't lose weight eating Mexican food three times a week, okay? <laughs> Nothing about that food says diet. Like we eat cheese and sour cream and some more cheese and corn and cheese and rice and cheese and beans and cheese. <laughs> I got a shit and I'm stopped up at the same time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> corn. My wife put corn in everything. This morning for breakfast, we had corn and corn flakes. It was pretty good, too. <laughs> I joined this boxing gym, man. I joined the gym that was it opened up down the street from my house. It's called Knockout Fitness. You ever heard of that? Yeah, have you, have you been there? No. Let me, don't go, okay? Because it's just a boxing gym. But it's a boxing gym for women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been there sizing up women. Like, yeah, I think I can take her. I'll fuck her up. Punch her right in her damn stomach. Boxing is one of them things, man. I go in there, I take these hour-long classes. You gotta be in shape to box. I take these hour-long classes thinking I'm gonna go in here and beat up on this bag and release some steam. But before you take the hour-long class, they make you do a 15-minute warm-up. So by the time the class starts, I'm like, huh, well, that was good enough for me, shit. I guess I... <laughs> good job, coach. He be like, come on, man, give me high knees. Man, I ain't even got my damn knees, so I know you're not talking to me. 
Boxing is one of them things. You got to be in shape and you got to be ambidextrous. You got to be coordinated. And I'm a right-handed person. And my right hand, I can do it without not, no, no thinking. My left hand, time slows down, okay? I'll be like, ah. Like, if I woke up tomorrow and it was like, you can only use your left hand today, I'd be like, this is going to be a long fucking day. I might as well stay in bed with these damn knees because I ain't going to get nothing done. I'll be in these boxing classes and my right's so swift, so I lead with it. You know, so he be giving it to one, two, be making the sounds, my left, bitch! Like, make no mistake, my right will knock you out. My left will scratch your damn ass out. You wanna know what the most important thing at 35 to me is? Shirts, okay? Shirts are very important. I remember when I was 17, I walk around fully dressed with no shirt on because I thought I was intimidating and I was doing push-ups at night. And now at 35, I'll walk around butt naked with a shirt on. Like, I gotta make sure. <laughs> And I don't give a damn what's going on. Like, it could be the middle of the night, somebody trying to break into my house. And my wife would be like, somebody coming, go see. I'd be like, oh, shit, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, I got something for him. Wait, hold on, well, what you looking for, your gun? Uh-uh, I need a damn shirt, hold up. <laughs> I can't let him see me like this. <laughs> I had an incident, man. Incident I had to handle, I had to take care of it. I told you I live in Gilbert, right? And my neighbors don't speak much. Okay, so I had a gig one weekend, and uh, they gave me a hotel room, and we allowed me and my wife and my stepdaughter to uh, have the house so she can have a party, because it was her senior prom. She wanted to have a last little party, so we allowed her to do that. Well, one thing led to another. Somebody from her school actually got into a fight with one of our neighbors. So I get home, and my stepdaughter, she's all upset, and she's crying, and I tell her, calm down, baby, it's gonna be okay. I go to hop in the shower. As I'm in the shower, I hear somebody beating on my door like crazy. Like I'm thinking it's the police. So I gotta go get it, you know. Normally I put a shirt on for such an occasion, but I didn't have time. And I get to the door, my neighbor going off next door neighbor, hey man, you need to tell me who hit my sister, man. I don't play that. I'm like, hold on, man, calm down, okay? I wasn't even here, man. He's like, well, well, motherfucker, what you getting bad with me? Took his shirt off like he wanted to fight me. I put his shirt on and beat his damn ass. <laughs> and me and my wife, we've been married for 14 years, man. Yeah. Well, you gotta clap, because really it's only been two. When you get married, you start counting the dog years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I love my wife, but this has been the longest two years of my fucking life. That's all I'm saying. And I'm truly in love. Man, you wonder how I know when you're truly in love? Sometimes my wife be sleeping, I just be looking at it. I be thinking I should bust on her damn head one time. <laughs> I would never do it, you know, but I mean, um, if you've been married, you thought about it quite a few times. That's all I'm saying. I love my wife, man. And I got stepkids. Stepkids are like waiting gifts you can't return. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, I didn't ask for this. That's all I'm saying. I love kids. I just hate living with them because they do petty stuff. Like, eat all the crunch berries out the Captain Crunch box. <laughs> and kids got this thing with bread that they must do. They finger fuck every piece. <laughs> and leave the last two pieces for me. I'm a full-grown man at work eating a peanut butter and jelly on booty bread sandwich. 
One thing I didn't know is if you have kids and they live with you, you gotta feed them. Like, I never knew that. Like, that's a law. Like, you actually have to. And that's what step parents do. We work 40 hours a week just to feed our stepkids. That's what, that's what we're there for. And stepkids, I love them. They like, but they like dogs. The more you feed them, the more they start to look like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? That, that's the truth. That's the truth, man. I love these kids, man. I love the death, man. But they're going to eat me out of a house and a home. Steve was talking about shopping at Walmart. I do my grocery shopping at Walmart because Walmart's slow as should be. If you can't afford it, fuck it, then steal it. You know, we ain't paying attention to it. Because they give you good options for your money. Like, you ever going down Walmart cereal aisle? and seen the name brand cereal in a box, but then that off-brand cereal come in that big-ass bag like dog food. You ever seen that? <laughs> you be in the house like, man, is that Cocoa Puffs or Gravy Train? I've never seen <laughs> The kids be excited like, ooh, we want Captain Crunch. I'm like, hell no, nah, you get this big-ass bag of Colonel Munch. That's what you better do. <laughs> Damn them Fruit Loops, you better get these silly circles. I'm gonna tell you what you can't get from Walmart, though. Don't get any meat from Walmart, okay? Because you're taking a chance with that. When you ever go into the grocery store and the meat is getting ready to go bad, you gotta either cook it that day or take it home and freeze it. And it's called the manager special. Walmart got what's called the salmonella special. Cook that shit in the store if you can. The price, though, the price is where you contemplate actually buying it. You'd be like, man, I ain't never had hot dogs with bones in them, but uh. <laughs> Fifteen cent a pound. I just might get some turkey legs with the feet still attached. I don't know. And I like to go through the self check out because they don't be paying attention to make sure you properly self checking. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to eat healthy. I like kiwis and pineapples and mangoes. You know how expensive this shit is. It ain't that expensive when you punch it in cold for grapes. You know? Y'all laughing? I got 33 pounds of grapes today. And then when you leave, you gotta show your receipt to a greeter. But this motherfucker's 152 years old. He can't see no damn. This is Walmart's last line of defense, a World War II veteran. I left one time and showed him a Burger King receipt. He was like, thank you for shopping at Walmart. Now thank you. That's my time. I appreciate y'all. Clayton Perkins. I knew all of you from Gilbert. First heard that. He mentioned Gilbert Goodson. Yeah. Fucking Vikings or something. That was very strange. Too much. Uh, he got really excited. You guys were like, what happened? He was like, Vikings! I was like, ugh. You doing all right, man? You good? You're not being kept against your will, are you? Like you you're inching away from him, so I didn't know. Are you? Just want to check. All right. I gotta get some grapes at Walmart later. That's what I did. That's what I learned. From. And have any of you folks ever had to show your fucking receipt to leave Walmart? I feel like that's some racist shit that's happening, Clayton. I'm just telling you. I've never had to show them. They're like, yes, sir. Have a great day. Thank you for being a proud American. Like, Clayton! Stop right there. You know, like, it's fucked up. Uh, you guys, you guys ready for your headliner? You can do better than that. I heard you clear some throats. Yeah, I need to hear you make some fucking noise. You're the very talented. 
still getting used to life on the outside. <laughs> Who cares? Second chances, that's what this life's all about. I like it. Clayton is from Gilbert. I am also a proud Gilbertian. So I, live, I also live in Gilbert. Oh, yeah. And it's weird because I don't I don't see him on it. He probably stays in there. We don't see a lot of black people in Gilbert. And it's weird. They actually gave us a pamphlet just like so we would know what to say if we did come across one. And so I got to do it the other day and I was like, howdy! You're not from around here. Mesa's north of here. This is north. Thanks for stopping by. See the temple before you leave. Not a lot of black people in Gilbert. A lot of doomsday preppers in Gilbert. Have you noticed that? You have. You walk into Costco and Walmart and they sell these big kits so that people can survive the apocalypse. That's their whole plan. And I'm very confused by that. My little brother gets upset with me because he's a little bit of a prepper too. There's a show on TV about it, doomsday preppers. I thought it was doomsday preppies. Like I just thought it was like, what? I'd be firing you right now if you weren't the last butler on earth. <laughs> so easy to get a tea time now, though. I love it. So, yeah, they, my brother, he's into it, too. And we have a lot of neighbors that are into that hoarding and food and stockpiling for the apocalypse. And my brother's like, you, you got to get ready or you're not going to survive the apocalypse. I'm like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want to survive the fucking apocalypse. No interest at all in surviving it. Uh, kill me on day one. Did you know in the apocalypse there's no internet? <laughs> if I cannot go onto Facebook and bitch about the apocalypse, what's the point of having one? Ah, frustrates me. He's like, hey, because he researches this shit because he's a dork. He goes, within six months they should have landlines back up. Like I'm going back to dial-up. Like I said, kill me on the first day. I'm not meant for it. I'm not backwards compatible. The other day, my Wi-Fi went out for like an hour, and I wanted to commit suicide. I actually wanted to kill myself. Why didn't I? Because I couldn't Google how to fucking kill myself. Because my Wi-Fi was out. But if it was working, I wouldn't be here today. I'm not meant for it. My idea... Uh, I'm sorry, but he just so, he gets upset with me about it. He's like, you don't even know how to survive in the apocalypse, man. I'm like, well, first of all, you're mistaken. I said I don't want to survive. I certainly know how to. I have seen all of the Mad Max movies, <laughs> including the new one. I think I know a thing or three about surviving an apocalypse. He's like, you know the three things you have to have? I'm like, well, I can imagine that they are an Australian accent. <laughs> Mohawk and football shoulder pads, I assume. And if you have a midget on your back, you're in charge. That's how it works. I've been planning on this for years. That's why I married such a short woman. I'm gonna run shit in the apocalypse. Uh, you know what? Sidebar, ADD moment. Why is every bad person in all the Mad Max movies dressed like they're going to be in the end zone of an Oakland Raiders game. Like, why is... Does anyone else find that? Like, they never explain why the apocalypse happened in those movies, and I think just the Raiders win the Super Bowl in 2017, and they just never stop looting and rioting, and now it's 100 years later, and they have no fucking idea why they're still doing it. I don't know. He's like, no, you don't know the three things that you need to survive the apocalypse. 
It's beans, bullets, and booze. I'm like, are you throwing an apocalypse or a quinceanera? <laughs> I started thinking Mexicans would be good to survive the apocalypse because you gotta go into a bunker and they're used to living on rice and beans for a while and living with extended family in very small quarters. But I used to live at 67th Avenue, so I had to know how they party. First quinceanera there, right? Shots in the air. They love that. Ricochet kills half the fucking family. <laughs> no bueno. <sighs> ah, man. Got married last year. You guys know that, right? We got married a year ago. Yeah. Had a wedding reception and everything. You guys know who showed up? White people. <laughs> and what, yeah, white people. It's, it was okay. It wasn't bad. I'm sorry, my wife. But, you know, it's okay. She spoiled it. Three months before, she took me to my first ever black people wedding. Whoa. Did anyone here, like, grow up where you had to, like, watch your high school basketball team and there were just, like, a bunch of white kids? And then you saw the NBA and you're like, that's how that's supposed to look. That's what a black wedding reception is like. You're like, oh, God, we're so bad at this. They're so good at it. I want it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, we're not going to have this, huh? And it was so cool. And the dancing was so badass. And the DJ was great. And at one point, there was an impromptu, unscheduled, completely unplanned dance off. No shit. Just a young buck doing his thing, bumped into the old dude on the dance floor, and he was like, what, what? And then it was on. And you know how I know? Because everyone was going, it's on, motherfuckers, it's on. And I'm like, oh, shit. I've never heard that at a wedding. This is awesome. And the floor cleared out. And these two dudes just like busted a move at one another. And I just keep tapping her on the shoulder. I'm like, she's just texting and playing Plants vs. Zombies. And I'm like, no, you have to see this. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know the exact terminology. <laughs> but I think two people are trying to step up. And one of them is likely to get served. <laughs> And it was going to be spectacular. And they did it. They busted the moves. And the, the DJ was refereeing. And people were videoing it. It was so funny. And then the one dude did like the ultimate move that just disgraced the other guy. Um, and, and then they were all like, oh, no, he didn't. I'm like, no, he did. I just saw him do it. 100% just did it. It was awesome. Even the slow dancing was impressive. I saw people's grandparents doing things vertically. I've only ever seen done horizontally, mostly on the internet. I'm like, that is some provocative ass dancing at a wedding. That was just the slow dancing. Oh, you know what they had? Oh, what, what, what do white people have, you know? Cupcakes and toys and things and trinkets they give you on their way out and candy dishes and all that shit. That's okay. They had a soul train line. Holy shit, it was awesome. An actual soul train line. And somebody's like, that's racist. And I got my black friend, I'm like, what's the thing you do at the wedding with the people? He's like, what, a soul train line? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And if you've never watched Soul Train, that's when all half the people from the wedding stand up down one side, and the other half stand down the other side. They make a big, long line, and they play a 20-minute extended remix of We Are Family. And then everybody busts down through the line, and you do your best moves through the thing. And this one, she's, my wife's all, go, go, go down the Soul Train line, do, do, do some dancing. Uh, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Public embarrassment is kind of my big fear, so I'm like, no, we're not gonna. She's like, you're a good dancer, you can do it. I'm like, here's what I know about wedding dancing. I'm from Pennsylvania. This is what I know about wedding dancing. 
That's what I know. She's like, no, go out there. And I'm like, seriously? How about I go out there? Is it, you think it's going to just change their world when I put my left foot in? I'm going to blow their fucking minds when I take my left foot out. Just make them see the world in a whole new way. When I skip everything, you just throw my whole body in and shake it out of that. No. They would just be like, oh my god, the white boy's having a seizure. Call paramedic. I know how that would end. And they're very correct because eventually she was like, she got me to do, she's like, you can't take me to a wedding and not dance. Um, so I was like, ah. Like, I just couldn't compete. Like, I, and first of all, what if I get served? What if I got it? I'm not taking a public serving for you or anybody. So they played a song from my, that I recognize from my high school dance. It's called Doing to Butt. And it's just doing the butt. Ow, I'm just going to shake your narrow white ass. And I'm like, I can do that. Like, I'll do one song. I did that one from the high school dance. So I just do this, and then just kind of jump in a little circle and just do that. I can do that. And then I did the whitest thing you could possibly do at a black people's wedding. I threw my back out doing the butt. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have twerker's comp. So... <laughs>
I love you. That's why I can tell you these things, because we're hashtag besties, because I love you so much. No, I don't think we should cut your hair. Bitch, we should burn it off with a blowtorch. It's disgusting. How did you, let me ask you a question about your makeup. It's so impressive. I will say that your makeup is so impressive. How did you put on so much of it and not cut up your mustache? Bitch, that's what I'm talking about. It's a little weird that I can do that too long. <laughs> Ah, and that's what, and that's what I want because if you know, could you imagine? Just I love you. Don't ever change a thing about yourself ever, except for everything and immediately. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you just have a girl at her desk like going, I have been thinking about burning my hair off. He makes a lot of strong points. <laughs> it's weird though because. Um, like it's not it's not good that I can do that that well. Like I'm not I'm not like thrilled about that. It's actually and actually that's the thing about it. Like all that I don't know. It's why I don't like the whole you guys gay marriage. That's a thing now. Marriage equality. That's a thing. But I, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I hate it because I'm a straight guy who constantly gets confused for being gay. So the wedding ring. See, I don't know if you guys realize it. This wedding ring was all I used to have that let people know that I don't suck dick. This was it. People would look at me and go, oh, he's a little prissy. He probably has penises in and around his face. And then they would look down at the ring, and they'd go, oh, okay, well, he's just like that. I get it. His wallet, or his belt, and his watch match, and it's not an accident. Okay, we don't know, but he's got a ring on, so he's fine. But now, nope. They went and changed the goddamn law on me. And now people look at me like, oh, yeah, I don't know, he probably gets penetrated on the reg. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then I saw, you know, and they see the ring, and they're like, oh, and that's legal now. Good for him. Well, good for him. It's about time. God bless him. So that's why, that's why I'm not a fan. But like, nah, that's my fault. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm maybe, you know, I don't, I don't do the most manly things all the time. So, I mean, I, I leave myself open to it. I get it. I was opening up the drawer of my vanity. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that I had six hair styling products, six different hair styling products. I own one power tool. And somebody left that there. Like, that's not the right ratio. That's not a manly ratio. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, I don't get into manly conversations like other guys do, like ask, go ahead and ask me how many horsepower my car has. How many horsepower? Several. <laughs> More than one, I'm fucking certain of it. I have never lost a race to a horse. Now, you want to know a good Groupon to get a pedicure in the East Valley? Oh, I am your guy. I know that, so I get it. It's my fault. I leave myself open to it. I understand. I have a mirror, folks. It's a full-length mirror. It ties the whole room together. Really, I call it a self-checkout. What? See? I changed the definition of self-checkout to suit my needs. I don't know. Is that weird? I, don't, I, I like words, and that's, you know, that's kind of what I do, words. But then, like, then we get like awesome words. And then they get like shitty definitions. I'm the only one in the world that thinks this. And then I get mad and I change the definition of them for me because like I just think my definition is better. Like I feel like we wasted the word. 
we had like a really good word and then we gave it a dumb meaning. And I'm like, damn it, we can repurpose that and do something better with it. Like, you know what this is? You know what this is? That's your jugular. Mm, that's okay, I guess. But I married my wife because she's jugular. You see, <laughs> I like jugular women. That's a better use of that word and I'm taking over it. I've been doing, I think too much, I stay up too late. <laughs> horrific, that's terrible. That's terrible if something's horrific. Why? Why can't that be a word for a terrific whore? How was she? She was horrific. That sounds like a good time. At the bank, we use the word transaction. That's a kind of boring word, kind of a boring definition. Because what if, better, you were down on Van Buren, hoping to find somebody kind of jugular, definitely horrific, but all the, all the ladies are taken. You see Caitlin over there. She's got a little extra action. That's some transaction. Hell yeah! You get yourself some sweet, sweet transaction. That's a better use of that word altogether. Where are my Latino people at? Are there any Latino people in here? There's none. Who is? You, oh, you both are. Great. Okay. So you have more seniority than her, because I'm more likely to call you senior. <laughs> Do you see how that works? I'm taking over that word. You have more seniority. Nothing, just you slightly more Home Depot quality than she does. <laughs> so you have more seniority. I take it back. I once got a very aggressive hand job in high school from a girl with a lot of rings. I call that a tearjerker. So, <laughs> I don't know. I have way too many. <laughs> they, get, they start getting a lot worse after them. <laughs> I would just um, sit around and write those with my brother. I don't know. He's a goofy kid, and I don't know, that's what we do together. I like going to see him. I just got, I just got back, went and saw him a little bit ago in Dallas, and I flew on Spirit Airlines. Ooh, has anyone else flown? Has anyone ever flown the great Greyhound bus in the sky that is Spirit Airlines? $19 one way to Dallas? No, holy shit, it's amazing if you've never flown Spirit Airlines. Well, I will describe the Spirit Airlines experience because it's a little different than your typical airline. It's $19 to get there. They charge you for everything else. Um, like, if you want to take a, a, a carry-on bag and put it in that bin overhead, that is $35 additional dollars. Holy shit, I got out of line when I found out. I got back in line and put a hat on it. It was like, come on, Junior. I bought him a ticket for $19. But I'm no dummy. I'm not stupid. I saved $16. Got kids nowadays, you know. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> you have to leave at 2 or 3 in the morning out of a gate that I assume U.S. Airways does not know they are using. They're just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. No, we're allowed to be here. Fuck the we're allowed to be here, right? So weird. If you miss your flight and you're like, oh, can I get the next one? They're like, yes, three days from now. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They don't fly every day. They don't fly everywhere. They're, they're weird, but they're cool because they're cheap and they're nice. They're friendly enough about it. You know, they just, they're like that really, they're like that friend you had in high school that just basically was really cool and would drive you anywhere for gas money, but his car was a total piece of shit. That's Spirit Airlines. Like you go up to Joey Way and you are getting on the plane, and they're like, no, not in this side. We got, we can get around the other side, and we pull that door, shut the hangar. It's all fucked up. It's cool. They want to bring any eight tracks? We're gonna send some fog hat on the way to Dallas. <laughs> this is not a non-stop flight. We gotta swing by my cousin Ricky's house first, pick up some gas money. He owes me fifty bucks. So weird. They charge for everything. They charge for soda. They charge for water. 
they, you've been charged for, uh, it's, I swear during the announcements, they're like, in case of a sudden change in cabin pressure, slide your debit card above you, <laughs> an oxygen mask will drop down. <laughs> Obese passengers can be used as a flotation device. <laughs> <laughs> so the Boone's Farm is on the wine list. On the That's fucking how broke Spirit Airlines is. Three swigs for five dollars, and then you pass it to the person behind you. If you're in row eight or higher, there's a discount because it gets kind of disgusting. So so weird. I love it. I mean, you're all cramped in there. And there's no movie or anything, and then you go to get off uh, the plane, and they are like, bye. Uh, and the pilot, I'm not, had his hat like this, like, <laughs> like what the, shit, uh, pretty smooth flight, <laughs> pretty, pretty safe landing, <laughs> like, are we supposed to tip, holy shit, what's 15% of $19, <laughs> I've had so much Boone's Farm, I have no fucking idea. The worst part of my last flight, though, was this obnoxious guy sitting next to me. I was just like, Man. and like he had to make a point, like so that everyone around him knew that his flight was canceled. And that normally I'm not on Spirit. What is the Spirit? Normally I wouldn't be on Spirit Air. I'm like, oh well, whatever. Look down at the rest of us, right, Dick? He's like, normally my flight was my flight was canceled, but normally I'm flying southwest. Ooh! Well, bourgeoisie! Fancy motherfucker! Southwest! Oh, I didn't know! Look, you feel free to look down here at Spirit Airlines, the only other airline with no fucking first class. Like, oh, wow, you fly on southwest. Somebody got their tax return check. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Fancy Man. Picturing him at the dollar store. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't consort with you types of people here at the Dollar General. Normally I would go to the Walmart. I call it Walton's Market because that sounds fancy. <laughs> but they were out of my particular brand of Vienna sausages. What a dick. <laughs> oh, man. I fly Spirit Airlines uh, not because I'm poor, just because I'm cheap. And I don't know, I'm cheap. I think I'm cheap because I grew up poor, though. I think that's why. Am I the only one that grew up poor? Is anyone else here that you can applaud? Nope, shit. Yeah. Always on my own on this one. No one's admitting it. You know what government cheese tastes like, Koenig. Anyway. Let me break this down to you. I know you were in Mesa, so it seemed normal. If you grew up in a trailer, you were poor. You are supposed to applaud. I'm not the only one. There we go. Oh, she's like, I grew up in a trailer. There you go, you get it. I grew up poor, and, and do you remember when you found out? That's the fucked up part of growing up, is when you find out. Because however you grow up is normal to you. Whatever you did, and you did, and you did, and you did, is all normal as shit when you're a kid. So you have no idea like that your weird ass life isn't normal, you know? And so I didn't know, I found out in sixth grade, in social studies class, when we were discussing our ethnicity, and we had to put our name back up on the board under the ethnicity. And there was like German and Irish and all this other stuff. And I put my name, Royer, under Italian because I was fairly fucking certain we were Italian. You know, like I kind of knew it, I thought, that we were Italian. And I got home and I told my mom, she's want to know what I did at school that day. So I told her about my, our Italian heritage. 
And she's like, why the fuck do you think that we're Italian? I'm like, we eat spaghetti like four times a week. She's like, because we're poor, motherfucker. I'm like, oh, shit. Are you certain of that? Because that doesn't sound good. I don't want to be poor. Really? You and dad are always fighting. She's like, he's an alcoholic. I'm like, oh, god damn it. I don't want to find all this out today. I woke up and I was a cute ethnic stereotype. I'm just going to bed poor white trash. Like, we have no roots in Italy. She's like, we have roots in poverty. She's like, we're hillbillies. I'm like, fuck. That sucks. And I'm like, I don't know. So I get a little Italian. French, by the way, I guess. I don't know. Just, I don't know. I'm, I'm white trash on my mom's side, redneck on my dad's side. I don't know. <laughs> but, it, but it was normal because that's normal to you. Whatever you see as a kid, you don't see anything different. Everybody around you seems the same. So oh, but that was normal, you know? And money was tight, obviously, you know, with my dad's, you know, line of work and whatever. He wasn't a police officer. He was a um, criminal. He was a fucking criminal. That's what my father was. Seemed normal to me. Like his antics and shenanigans. Uh, but I don't know, I just thought that's how people were. So like, I'll give you an example. Um, I went camping once in my life ever. So this is what camping is. Cause I, that was my <laughs> So I don't know about you, if your dad ever took you camping, maybe you ever took camping, something like that. And maybe you knew when you were leaving or that you were going camping, <laughs> where you were going and when you were coming back. I went camping one time ever when my father on a Saturday morning in the summer about 10.30 came screeching up the, uh, the driveway and the car slammed and he left the doors open and the car was still running and he just came in and he's screaming at my mom and he's like, get my sleeping bag, you, boy, load my gun. Okay, get, get a tent, you other one, get some food, get a cooler, I gotta, I gotta get out of here, I gotta get out of here, I'm going, I'm going, I'm getting out, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. And I'm like, Papa. <laughs> a, a tent? A sleeping bag? Are we going camping? Are you spending time with us, Papa? He's like, camping? Uh, fuck yeah, we're going camping. You're a happy camper, you're a happy camper? Okay, let's fucking go. Okay, you carry some shit, get two guns. We gotta get out of here, we gotta get out of here. In five minutes, we're going. And, and my brothers, Papa, they can come too? Yeah, they're happy campers. We're all fucking happy campers. Let's get on, let's go, let's go, let's go. My mom's like, what's going on? What's going on? When are you coming back? He goes, when the heat dies down. What the fuck kind of answer? is when the heat dies down. Tuesday is an answer, folks. Don't leave children with somebody who can only come back when the heat dies down. Maybe he shouldn't be in charge of small children. I question my mother's sanity on this, too. When the heat dies down, that don't seem normal enough to me. I was like, yeah, Mom, you know, when the heat dies down, that's when we'll be back. You don't get it. We're just thing. We gotta go. So there we were for three days out near Sun Lake, watching my father slowly get alternately sunburned, then drunk, then sunburned and drunk, and sunburned and drunk, until he was out of whiskey and beer. And then my brother, who was 15, drove us back um, into town. We found our way back from wherever the fuck we were. And my mother had no idea we were where we were for three days. There was no cell phones and shit. She's freaking out when she sees us coming to the driveway. And then she sees my brother driving, and she like freaks out more, you know? Me and my brother, little brother in the back seat. And then my dad had drank so much, and he was just a sunburnt red lobster, crispy, uh, pasty white dude. And, and he drank so much that your body's like 90% water, but I think his got to like almost 100. Because he poured out of the car. His feet were still in it, and his head was in the driveway. It was hilarious. And my, he was just sitting there in the, in the driveway with his head out, the car going, who's a happy camper? We're all 
other camping is. <laughs> that's all I know. So as far as I know, that's what it is. Last year, my friend Josh called me up, and he's like, hey, man, you want to go camping? I was like, hell yeah. And I just went to the bank. I got $1,000 cash. I got my passport. I got my safe box. I went to his house. I'm like, I don't even care what you did. It doesn't even matter. Let's go. Stay away until the heat dies down. I get it. Do you have any sunblock? No? That's okay. I brought a 30 pack. I think that's the same thing. <laughs> Happy camper. Ah, oh, my pop. He's a weird guy. He's a violent guy. Oh, I don't mean to scare you. You're just domestically violent. <laughs> you were never in harm's way. They <laughs> just like to punch women and children that were related to him. That's all. Yeah, no, no, he was. Um, I don't like that word, though. I don't like the word domestic. I just like the word violent. I just like the word beat your wife and kids because then people know you're a dick. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm sorry, but I actually don't like that word. I, I just think it's too soft. It sounds like a pet, like a domestic pet, a domesticated house cat, like, like he was hitting us with a rolled up newspaper or something, like that, nah, it was more fists and stuff, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I like that, like, like, I don't want people to think it was like, I gotta say domestic violence, you know, people think it was some kind of fancy imported violence, <laughs> right, God damn it. like he was taking off his gloves and challenging people to a duel or some shit, <laughs> no, like, you know, just the fist, but anyway, yeah, he was, he was a dick, but, whatever you grew up with is normal to you, I don't know any different, Seemed normal enough, you know? So then, like, I would have, like, because it, it fucks with your head, you know, because you think that's, like, normal stuff. So then I'm out in the playground with my neighbor, Jimmy Porterfield. We were seven years old, and he had a pretty normal seven-year-old thing to say. He said, my dad can beat up your dad. And I said, I've never even seen your dad beat up your mom. That guy's a pussy. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? You don't know, because it messes with your goddamn brain, folks. One time I was at a show and somebody's like, you can't talk about domestic violence on stage, it's never funny. I'm like, well, first of all, I think it just proved you wrong. And second of all, you were never there when I was growing up as a kid, so you don't know if it was funny. You were not there when my father came home on a Saturday night drunk and swung at me, missed by a long shot, don't worry, and corkscrewed himself around literally like a cartoon and left his feet then and like came crashing down and like grabbed a plate of food and went off the counter and then he hit the goddamn ground and knocked himself out cold and a meatball landed in his goddamn ear. Shit you not. I never in my life wished I had a golf club so goddamn bad. It was teed up right on his fucking ear. Amazing. Don't tell me it's not funny. He woke up the next day and he's like, oh, I'm going to go for new spaghetti. I'm like, Maybe we're Italian. No idea. Oh, man. So I got a, what do you call that? A wife. I like that. I like having a wife. It's fun. If you guys are married, married people that have been a long time, you know that communication is the key, you know? That's, that's the key. Like, I'm doing it better the second time around because I figure out, like, okay, she communicates differently than me. How's that work? And then a light bulb went off over her head one day. I came in the house and I turned on the TV. You know what was on? It was the oddest thing in an auction. But it struck me. It struck a chord in me to watch this auction. Because I got it. It was like, that's how we communicate. That's how she communicates. Did one person talks really, really fast a lot. <laughs> Nobody else gets to say anything, really. And if they even gesture slightly, then they know that it's cool to just keep talking a lot for a really long time. <laughs> And people are like, oh, that's a mean thing to say. But like, you've never been there at 5.30 when it's like, hey, you want to hear what it did at work today? You want to hear what it did at work today? Who wants to hear what it did at work today? You want to hear a story at work? One story, two story, I'll tell you about. You want to hear about Nicole? 
Okay, that bitch comes in early. She leaves early. She doesn't do any of the goddamn work. I gotta do all the goddamn shit myself, and she doesn't do a goddamn thing, and then it gets me upset, and then I go on YouTube, and I start watching kid videos. Who wants to hear about the kid videos? You wanna hear about the kid videos? Okay, good, I'm gonna talk about the kid videos. They're like, tickle, 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 you're too big. Uh, you can't get in there. <laughs> and then I watch. And then I started unfriending bitches on Facebook. Oh, I started unfriending bitches with friends. I want to hear about one friend, two friends, three friends. You want to hear about all the bitches I'm friending? I don't care that she was my grandma and I'm unfriending bitches. I don't think you're listening to me. I don't think you're listening to me. It seems like you're going once. It seems like you're going twice. You know what? If you're not going to listen to me, I'm just going to go upstairs and not even talk. Soul. Soul. Uh, my name's Christopher Royer. Thanks for paying your attention. Let's go get drunk. Thanks so much for coming out. My name is Mike Simpson. You have a great night.